Grab your Bible. We're going to we're going to go into First Corinthians. We're going to start in fourteen, chapter fourteen. We got some Bible to read tonight. It's impossible. How many have been blessed the last three weeks on spiritual gifts? Huh? The last three weeks on spiritual giftings. I, I can sense the urgency, and um, you know what I love about this teaching is I'm seeing people that were almost, for a lack of a better term, becoming stagnant, that are now, I see, a rising up as we're teaching about spiritual gifts. Um, I'll say this again, just to kind of regurgitate this over and over and over and over. When spiritual gifts are abused, it repels the world. When they are taught right and operated right, they attract the world. Do you hear me? When they're taught wrong and then demonstrated wrong, they repel the world. There is a form of godliness that people have. But did not, you, you know the scripture where Paul's talking to, to the Corinth church and he says, Remember that you used to worship mute idols. That's how dangerous the human spirit can be if not directed in Christ. That we will literally worship something we know to be fake. Why though? Some would say because we are ignorant. No. It's because we are built to worship. We're designed for it. We're created for it. It's impossible to get away from it. You may not want nothing to do with Jesus, but you're going to worship something toxic. If you don't believe me, look at how loyal you are to stuff that's hurting you. I'm trying. I'm telling you, man, you're designed to worship. That's why you have a hard time pulling away from things. It's because you're designed for allegiance. You're designed to worship. You're designed for covenant. You're designed for these type of things to exist within the framework of your relationships. It's how we was created. It's, it's what we do. It is, it is the natural disposition of anybody that was created by our creator because he's that awesome. That anything he touches has to return with worship. Amen. So we have to, we have to really look at spiritual gifts contextually. I, I got uh, Pastor Candace. Is she here tonight? Where are you at? I can't see with the lights. Maybe she's not here tonight. Um, is she here? I don't know. Okay, I can't see. Yes or no? No. Okay. Let it be a resounding no. She's not here. Uh, she called me this week, and, and she, you know, last week was tough. A lot of y'all was missing because of weather or whatever the circumstances was. And um, sometimes when you're on this side of things, you know, it's, it's, uh, it gets a little different when you're preaching and teaching something that you feel is imperative for people to get. Because the desire that we have as pastors is to help people come into the fullness of life abundantly. And it's much harder to heal somebody's soul, their mind, than it is their body. Why? Because most healing absolutely needs teaching to be involved. And then after teaching, discipline. And then after discipline, deliverance. A lot of what we're hoping for in God is on the backside of our disciplines. Okay, 
it's on the back side of our disciplines. But it's very difficult when you're standing from this side of the podium speaking because my heart is to help. But if I can't get the stuff that's necessary to the people, my hands are tied. My hands are tied. And we don't like to hear that, but I'm saying that out of love. Um, it's not that I'm beating you up for not being here, but I'm, I was bringing it up for a moment um, to last week I felt as if, man, I said, so I, I got a phone call, Pastor Candace called me, she said, man, I just can't tell you how awesome that teaching was last night, she was going on and on, I said, geez, I thought I bombed, and she said, no, I said, really, <laughs> maybe I need to go back and listen to it, um, because I, I, I felt like um, there was more that God wanted to do and say, but, um, you know, whatever the reason, and uh, it, here's why I said it, because it's amazing how even when we feel weak, God uses even our weaknesses to still do what he's trying to do. And I was amazed at how it was received. And all I could do is just attribute that to there is a spiritual hunger for real manifestation in the body of Christ right now. Amen. People want to see God do what he said he would do. And I believe there's a formula to that. Faith has a formula. Faith isn't blind believing. Faith is formulated believing in the dark. Let me say it again. Y'all catch that? Faith is formulated believing, but in the dark. In other words, there's a structure to your blindness. Come on, faith is the substance of in other words faith has substance faith isn't standing on nothing faith is standing on substance it's just called hope you don't know what it is yet it's a tricky subject i'm not gonna lie to you faith ultimately is standing on a knowing in your spirit that you can't get away from that is god that's that's my that's first brandon 113 <laughs> i don't know if you can go there in your king james but it's available somewhere that's what faith is. So we're going to get into this thing tonight, and I got, I got some teaching to do tonight, so I'm looking forward to this. So let's get into this spiritual gifts. This is uh, week three. Um, go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to start in verse four, uh, chapter 14. We're going to read down 1 through 25, Pastor Tim. All right, are we ready? Y'all ready to dig? You guys ready to grab this? All right. All right. Here we go. Let's read. Pursue love. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. All right, here's what I want you to do. Every single time that we read something about love, slow down when you read it. Pursue love. Let a moment of silence. Then continue. Because this is the entire message Paul's trying to get to the correct church. Matter of fact, he could sum the entire chapter up with pursue love. Because everything we're going to talk about is on the backside of that. If you seek any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit without that being the foundation, you're repelling the world. All you're doing is assisting all of the atheistic views, all of the people that don't think God is real, all of the worldly secular type of thinkers. All you're doing is assisting that because you're giving them ammunition to, to, to joke about, to play about, to do TV shows about, to do social media, social media posts about. You know, they, people get up and they, they say things, 
you know, so so quick these days about, you know, the church and they dog the church and, and, and what the church isn't doing or what Pastor so-and-so did or what he's not doing or what she did or what he didn't do. And we say it so casually without any type of responsible love. And I'm not talking about the secular people. I'm talking about people that claim to be Christians. We are killing our wounded. We're the only people that kill our wounded. No hospitals. We're designed to be a hospital, and yet we kill off our wounded. Rather than those who are spiritual restore such. That's Bible. Those who are spiritual restore such. It says one or two things about the condition that we're in in the church. Number one, we're not spiritual. Or number two... We just don't care. We have to, there's no way to get back to a place of manifestations as it relates to the Holy Spirit working the way that he wants to work inside of the body of Christ. Without, without us examining every part of our heart. Every part of it. I'm not talking about just the sides that you want to show him or you want to reveal. We, we, we like to do that. We like to offer God sides of our hearts that it's not really a sacrifice attached to it. And that's not how this works. It's all or nothing, man. He wants your heart and then he's going to go to work on it. And then on the back side of that, you'll see the plan of God unfolding your life. So let's, let's, let's really look at what Paul's saying here. This is why I love Paul's writing. I talked to a theologian just a couple weeks ago, and uh, we was talk- he was asking me some scriptures, and I said, you know, I think Paul's writings are probably the most credible uh, writings in scripture. He said, over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I said, yeah, Jesus didn't write those. Everything we know about Jesus was written through somebody else. And if you, if you don't, haven't been to Bible school, then you would think that Matthew was written before the Pauline letters, but that's not true. The first letters in the Gospels that was written was Paul. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Those are written probably 30 years after all of Paul's letters. I heard them say, well, how do you believe in Because he asked me, how do you believe in the virgin birth? Paul never, Paul never mentioned it. I said, well, he did, he did kind of mention it, but Paul wouldn't, have, Paul wouldn't have had to mention that because he wasn't writing anything that had to do with that contextually. He was talking to church, and his letters predate the Gospels. So when you put things chronologically where they're supposed to be, things start making more sense. Amen? So it's really important to to understand here that Paul, when we're reading Paul here, I'm trying to break off of any common type of mindset that uh, what I don't want you to do tonight is just listen to Pastor Tim read it and it just go one ear and out the other. I want you to realize that you're reading the letter that Paul himself wrote. Number one. Number two, he was in jail while writing it. Okay? He's in jail. So everything he's thinking about love, (laughs) you need to know he has every reason to say, skip this. So all this stuff he's saying, he's being tried in his flesh at that very moment. At that very moment. And he's still screaming love. He's still screaming love while he's being tested. Paul spent a lot of time in jail, but because he was being persecuted for the sake of the gospel. So I want you to read this in in, in light of who Paul was. All right? Let's read. Pursue love 
yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So here's what's happening. Tonight, we're going to set order. I know because I've been praying for this house and I, and I keep you guys lifted up. I know what's coming. I know there is a manifestation of the Spirit that's coming that's going to blow our minds. It's going to blow our minds. It's not coming. Listen, it's not your neighbor that's getting ready to manifest. It's you. You need to quit looking at them and saying, man, I'm wondering when they're going to start operating. No, no, it's you. That's why you're here, to prepare your ground, to break up all the stuff that needs to be broke up so you can be uh, walking in the things of God. So this is very, very important that we're setting order here. Now watch what Paul says. Now he's, I'm giving you the backdrop here of the Corinthian church. He's writing a letter to the Corinthian church. Why? Because he has been hearing all kinds of things about the Corinthian church. Why is it important? Because Paul established the Corinthian church. Okay? That's very important. So he's trying to set order. Why? Because they are a hot mess. This entire church, I mean, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They want to be just like their daddy in the spirit. They want to be just like Paul. They want to be just like the Apostle Paul. They want to make sure that they're doing all the things Paul's doing. Why? Because he's getting famous. He's getting famous. It's not about just what he's doing. People know his name. People know who he is. He's going to make history. He's going to live forever. He's getting famous. So how do I jump in that and become that so that I may get a piece of that? Paul's already discerning real quickly. He's not just speaking to us individually because this letter wasn't written to the American church. This was written to the Corinth church. He's saying here, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. He's saying, listen, I'm dad Paul here. I'm telling you, desire it earnestly, right? Now, we read over that because we miss that word earnestly. He didn't say desire spiritual gifts. He said earnestly desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Now, watch this. This is going to hurt some feelings tonight, I promise you. I do love you. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, oh my goodness, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Woo! Come on now, let's keep, let's keep going here. I'm, this is going to get good. But the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortion, watch, and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies does what? Paul said, I want you to desire spiritual gifts, but I need you to, I want you prophesying first. I wish you would do that more. Why though? Not because Paul wants everybody walking around saying, hear the word of the Lord. That's not why he's, that's not what he's saying. Paul's trying to get to them a rebuke within the framework of their passion. Ooh, that's heavy. Because some of us are so immature, we can't take a direct rebuke. So what happens is God has to put it in a wrapping paper that seems to be appealing. So it's like you need the medicine, but you, you're not going to take the medicine unless I wrap it in something that you like to eat. Right? I got to get this to you because without this, you're going to have all kinds of issues in your life. But I'm going to put it in something that you desire. So Paul knows that in their weakness right now, that they're all trying to be him. And so he's writing to them and he's saying, listen, I want you to prophesy. Desire these gifts earnestly, y'all. 
do this. <laughs> but, 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 but. Notice, though, that prophecy edifies the church. What is Paul trying to fix in the Corinth church? He's trying to fix that they have body problems. He's trying to fix that they have relational body issues in the church. So-and-so don't like so-and-so. So-and-so don't want to sit by so-and-so. So-and-so matter. So-and-so, this person's still holding a grudge. And all the meanwhile, we're still all over here worshiping. And Jesus' teaching is clear. He said, listen, if you got on with your brother in your heart, leave your doggone gift. He didn't say doggone, y'all. He said, leave the doggone gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother. He said, I don't want this. All this, I don't want none of That's not impressing me. If you are still holding unforgiveness towards so-and-so in your heart. If the gospel doesn't become relational, it's not the gospel. You're not a worshiper if your heart isn't in the mix. If this isn't in the mix, all you're doing is church. No wonder you struggle with A, B, and C. Because the Holy Spirit does not have access to you. Not the real you. If your pastor has more access to you than the Spirit, you're religious. If my words outweigh his, you're religious. If my words weigh anything, it it should be because it's confirming what he's already speaking. Whew. Man, this okay? So the one who speaks in tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Watch this. Now we're going to read it. We'll pick up some momentum here. Now I wish that you spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets. I'll never forget. I had a speaker on Seven Mile. You guys don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. You probably don't remember if you do. I mean, I knew this individual was going to come in, and all they do when they preach is, it's like four words of English, the rest of it's all tongues. And I knew having this individual come in, uh, (laughs) I knew what we was getting into. And I was, you know, I was young at that time, and I was just trying to feel out where we was at in ministry. And, And there was some giftings and prophetic giftings there, but I had to specifically tell the individual, when you get up to teach, do it in English. And it highly offended this person. But I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why. What is your point? What are you doing for people if all you are is mystical? Oh, Paul's about to annihilate it. If I don't get understanding, and you don't get understanding, it's not... It's not that you're wrong. It's that I don't know what the heck you mean. How can it benefit me? Watch what Paul says. And he's telling the church this. Why? Because they're walking around shundying the whole doggone time. That's my word tonight. The whole time they're shundying and and, and all the things that we do. Right? And it, it's, I'm not saying it's bad. All that is is a language anyway. You know, someone says, it's just the spirit. It depends on where the heart is. Why are you doing it? You can say Shundai a million times and it's just Shundai. You can actually spell it. 
<laughs> Shundai becomes something different when your heart and your spirit is connected to it. I told you, language of God is spirit. All, all speaking in tongues is, is the mouth trying to utter what the spirit understands. <laughs> that's why it comes around, that's why it comes, my KK thinks me and Shawnee speak Spanish. <laughs> she asks all the time, is that Spanish? Uh, get to the room and clean your room. Corroso, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's <laughs> never mind, let me quit. <laughs> so watch this, Pastor Tim. Let's pick this up. Unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Yeah, read that again, Tim, right there, last part. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Paul's saying it's important that we get each other. What determines the depth of a thing is how it impacts the availability you've made in your heart. Man. In other words, I could say something very simple to somebody. Right now, what I'm teaching could be very simple to somebody. Depends on how much flesh they've been entertaining this week. Or somebody who's been entertaining the spirit. This is digging. Why? Because it's how much they made available here. Right? You make this available, you'll be amazed at what lands. So, watch this. Yet even... Lifeless things, either flute or harp, produce a sound. If they do not produce a distinction in the notes, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp? Watch this, verse 8. Or if the bugle produces in... Man, what version is this? NSAB? I was reading that NIV. Good Lord, what is a bugle? Is we talking about a dog? Oh, oh, I thought it was... I didn't know what that was. I've never seen that interpretation. I said, Paul's going in. Original translation says a trumpet, right? And he says, who will prepare himself for battle? In other words, the trumpet was the sound for battle. He says, so also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. Watch. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. Watch this, verse 11. Pick up, watch this. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. You guys remember the context now. This seems simple. Remember the context, though. Paul is correcting their lust for leadership. He's correcting their lust for leadership. I have made it a point in this ministry. I made the mistake when we first got going to quit appointing people quick. Where scripture says, lay hands on no one suddenly. Let me give you the context, y'all. That's not talking about being afraid to, to try to heal somebody laying on hands. That's not what he's saying. He's saying lay hands. Laying hands was a sign of ordaining and credentialing in scripture. 
He was, what he's saying is don't put people in leadership too quick. Let them show their colors. That's what he's saying. Be very slow to do that because if they have a lust for leadership, it's going to end up being toxic to the thing you're trying to build. How do you know you have a lust for leadership? Because they can't endure correction. You can't endure correction, you're not ready for leadership. Come on, somebody. So, 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 so this, this, this is it. So here we go. Watch this. So also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Since you are zealous, I love it, Paul's being respectful. Continue. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Right there. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes. The one who speaks in tongues, do what? Pray that he may interpret. Now watch here. Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks? Since he does not know what you are saying. For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. In other words, you wasting your time in, in all of the stuff that nobody understands. Paul said, I will take five words that they get and we'll form something that God is trying to do. Five words. Now watch this. Watch this. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Ooh. In the law it is written. Now I'm, see that, but did you, did you catch up? Man, this, this is killing me. I don't know if it's translating. It's killing me because Paul, Paul is real slick with the rebukes. Just like Jesus. Like You ever been rebuked by somebody and you didn't know it till you was on the way home? Like, wait, did that joker just check me? Because he was smooth with it, right? Paul's doing. Paul just said, "Listen, guys, don't be infants in your thinking." Why? What is he saying? He's saying, "Y'all lusting for leadership. You guys lusting for this stuff so you can be seen, so you can look like me and do all the stuff I'm doing." And blah 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 blah. Quit being infants. You're childish. Nobody who's mature thinks like that. God don't need another me. God don't need another me. God, everybody get. You don't need to walk into. I know churches that they dress like their leader. They say same stuff when they preach and everybody gets up in the pulpit trying to be just like pastor don't do that they don't need another them i don't want you to be me you can't do me i'm the only me i'm i'm me oh god and i'm gonna keep me i don't need you to be me i need you to be you because you carry something i don't carry and Paul's saying quit being infants quit what seems deep it seems deep to you you think you're deep because you're rattling off stuff that nobody gets. He's saying you're infants. It's not deep. If they don't get it, it ain't working. Watch here. Because we're talking about operating in the gifts. Right? That doesn't mean go out and buy your robe down at God's world and walk in next week. That's not operating in the gifts. Come on, someone.
Gifts don't make you walk slow with your chin up. Gifts don't make you have to order Wendy's with rasp in your voice. Come on now. You don't have to put scriptures on everything in your car. That ain't what gifts do. Amen. Gifts make you real. Gifts make you authentic. They make you relational. They make you understandable. Come on now. Gifts make you a real person. It doesn't make you unreachable and untouchable. Unobtainable. Come on. We, <laughs> I'm trying to. I need to start singing that song in churches. Unobtainable. No, I'm kidding. Look here, next verse. Watch this. Lips of strangers will speak to the people. Even so then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Now that, he's quoting Old Testament there. Anytime, go back just quick. I want to teach a little theology. You guys see how it's all capital there? That's because he's quoting the law. Every time you see that in scripture, it's because he's quoting law right there. So it's, it's, it's just him bringing that back. So watch. So verse 22. So then tongues are, oh God, come on, Paul. Pastor Tim, you got to read this one. It's, it's, so then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is for a sign. Is tongues for- moving you guys? You might be telling whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. If that's what's attracting you to leadership, you might be actually proving that you are an unbeliever. Because Paul's saying it's for unbelievers. Now watch this. He says here, but prophecy is for a sign, not to unbelievers, but those who believe. You know what wins unbelievers? Love. Showing an unbeliever their destiny through a prophetic word doesn't do much until they know they're loved. Once they know they're loved, now they can believe that they could actually become that. Showing somebody what their potential is while they don't have the discipline to obtain it can be like a nail in the coffin. Right. Come on, somebody. Most people that sit at home on holidays and drink themselves to, to death... To, you know, every night is because they're thinking about the potential of what they could have become had so-and-so hadn't happened. So love is what pulls them out of the dark. Prophecy is what sends them to the light. Are you hearing me? This is good stuff tonight. This is all spiritual gifting stuff. You guys, you guys wanted it, so we're going there. So 24, look. Watch this. Verse 24. But if all prophecy... If all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. Now, here's the, here's the key verse here. Verse 25. Watch this. Go ahead, Pastor. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. Right there. Key word. And then we're going to move. God is certainly among you. Everybody say that. God, certainly among you. What's, what is the purpose of prophetic ministry? So that people know God is among us. Among us. Among us. Listen, how many has ever got a word that you knew you ain't tell nobody? This was no coincidence. This was God. You knew God was among you. Come on now. I mean, I've, I've got to the point where I've pastor Tim been with me. I'll, I'll be out in the public. You know, a lot of reason your gift ain't working because you're trying to activate it here. It's a lot of reasons you guys ain't flowing in your gifts, because you, you, you thinking it's for here. 
No, no, they, I, there's a set man here. My, this is my assignment. I'm the teacher here. I'm the one that's teaching and, 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 and developing here. That's my assignment. That's my calling. I don't repent of that. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Amen. That's not a pride statement. That is accepting the responsibility that God has given me. That is a weighty responsibility. This is where I ain't my gift. For, but when we get out there, that's when God is saying, I'm maturing you here to send you there. To send you there. I want a ministry. It's there. The harvest is ready. The laborers are few. <laughs> Everything you need is out there. There's so much needy people that need Jesus out there. There's so much people in dark that needs light out there. There's so many people that needs healing out there. You got all the antidote in you, but you're trying to do it here. These people got enough teaching to change their life. Them people don't even know what's going on. People that are in prison that go here are because they're not listening to the teaching and therefore putting discipline on it. Has nothing to do with what is the answer here. Is is what you need is present. It's here. If you ain't walking it, it's because of what you're choosing not to surrender to. I'm gonna lose my church tonight. Jeez. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna get people mad. It does. Why? Because we don't want to take responsibility. God didn't get you sick. Your habits did. Woo. God can't get to what we do habitually. Freedom is never going to be a reality. The secrets of the heart are just those. Let's go to verse 26 here. No, we can stop right there. Let's, let's, let's move over. We'll stop over here. I don't have too much more time. Man, golly. What was the deal with this time? The gifts will always, always bring a God awareness. If your gift is doing nothing but promoting you, you're missing it. If you honestly feel, can can we be real here? If you're the type of person that has a problem not being seen, you're not ready to operate in gifts. You have to have a microphone before you get passionate, before you start discerning and hearing. You're not ready. And I'm not saying that to beat you up. You're just not ready. You're still an infant. Paul would call you an infant. Jesus definitely, you know, Jesus wasn't, I think we think of Jesus like Joe Osteen. Like he's always just, you know, <laughs> listen, man, we're talking about a dude that, that went into the the the, the known sanctuary at that time the temple and they was doing all kinds of stuff he said it's supposed to be a house of prayer and they start flipping tables over you know what was crazy about that they was caging the doves that's the one thing that affirmed his sonship in the baptism the voice of the father came down a dove and they was caging doves Jesus started flipping tables over now, maybe he did smile like Joe Osteen when he was doing it. I don't know. I don't know how to work. I don't, I don't work like that. <laughs> but I do know this is the same guy that looked at his disciples when they was trying to get somebody delivered from a demon. And they said, Lord, we tried to pray and it didn't work. 
You know, he had given them the formula. They just didn't have the heart yet. And all of a sudden, they, and Jesus said, man, how long am I going to have to be with y'all? Like, man, guys, I got a mission here. I got to get to the cross. You guys got to get this teaching so I can go. Like, this wasn't the, <laughs> guys, come on. Like, like, how long do I have to bear with you? Like, Jesus saying, you should have gotten this by now. That's why Jesus is so big on teaching against defense, because it was hard to follow him without an opportunity for your flesh to be offended. He was making disciples. What is the outcome then, brethren? Y'all still love me? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, a revelation, has a tongue, interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Everything is about building the body. It's all about bodybuilding. It's all about getting us to work together for the common good so that we can demonstrate the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not just a teaching. It comes through demonstration. The giftings of the spirit are tools that are designed to build the kingdom awareness. You cannot understand the kingdom sitting under just teaching. You can understand the kingdom when you start operating in your gifts. There's certain things you are never going to get. I could say it to you a hundred times. And, I, and I've been pastor now for over 20 years. And I'm telling you what's funny to me is, is, is in ministry is people will come up to me and say, they'll give me revelation or something. That's, I say, I've been saying that to you for 10 years. Why do they get it now? Because they're finally starting to operate in a gift that has opened them up to perceive it. And I'm not mad because I'm not taking credit for me because what I'm giving you is not mine in the first place. But your gifts, when you operate in your gifts, it opens up your eyes to see things that you was not seeing. You you can sit up under every answer that you need to change your life, but until you have an opening for that thing to deposit, it doesn't matter. Jesus walks in his hometown. Tim says, I can't do any miracles here. Was it because he didn't have faith? No, he was the word of God. But people wasn't open. Man, this okay? All giftings flow from order. What is Paul doing? He's setting order. Because these people are all passion in no order. So what if I'm sitting here in the house and somebody comes up to me and says, I, Pastor, I got a prophetic word. Now, we know we have Tiffany, Mitch, Shawnee, Pastor Tim, other people in the house. They felt over the you know, years, they'll come up to me and say, I feel like God, and we, we give them access to, to speak over the people, right? But what happens, everybody wants in there. The line, like, cause, listen, <laughs> don't take me there, babe. I'll go there just for a sec. Quick one. I, we used to be a part of a church. It was about 5,000-member church, and. You know, Paul saying, listen, he, you know, he teaches like if you're going to have prophecy, let it be no more than two or three. For some reason, this church would. So they had a prophecy, mic, And at the beginning of each church, that would be the time that they would run up there. And it was they only allowed three at the most. And the line was always at least 30. I'm like, what are you Are you going to skip somebody like they're all they're stopping at three. Once the third person gets in line. You don't have an opportunity to speak. Why is there a law online? And I know this pastor's only going to allow three people to speak. And then he's going to shut that down. Because he's going after what Paul's saying. Now, I don't think Paul was establishing a doctrine at this point. I think what Paul was doing is Paul was trying to set some type of infrastructure that stopped it from becoming chaotic. 
Why? Because the first thing that happens when we start flowing in our gift, I'm going to get past through here, is we actually start, uh, our passion and our zeal gets ahead of our maturity. This is why it's important to trust your leaders. Because when, 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 when God puts leaders in your life, it's for us to see the blind spots and say, listen, I see your passion, I see your zeal, I love where you're going with this, pull it back here. Because my job is to try to help establish balance. That's fivefold ministry so that we may come into the perfecting, the maturing and the perfecting that needs to happen. Amen? So, is this okay tonight? When you assemble, have one have a psalm, one have a teaching, one, uh, one has a revelation, one has a tongue, one has interpretation. Let all, the, all, let all things be done for edification. Now watch this. Let's, let's move to the next part here. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three. Okay. And each in turn and one must interpret. Right there. Y'all, you hear what just happened? Paul's literally saying, if you're going to speak in tongues and you got a message from the Lord in a mystical world, that's fine. But make sure there's an interpreter there. Shut up. What he's saying. I, I need that to land. I don't, I don't think we're still grabbing it yet. It's deeper than what it just seems to be on the surface level. Paul's saying that you may have a gift of tongues, but it's not profitable if there's not an interpreter. He's saying that your gift is going to need my gift in order to function right. Paul's even deeper, but he's still, he's still pounding in this relationship body stuff. He's saying, if you're going to speak in tongues and mysteries, I need you to get to know other people in that congregation so you can find an interpreter. It's all right. That's a cool ringtone, though. So here, watch this. Speak in tongues, mysteries, then you have interpretation. Isn't it funny that God doesn't allow us to have the whole thing? In other words, I need you and you need me. Right? In order for this to function, I need you and you need me. I can't do it without you. And you can't do it without me. So I, I, I'm speaking in mysteries, but I got to get with somebody that has interpretation. This is why people who are living an isolation life, you don't want to be bothered, you don't want to be with nobody. This is exactly why if you are flown in a gift, you are going to be toxic because you are not relational. If you're not relational, it's not going to work. We need each other. It is imperative that you and I get to know each other. I need to get to know you because whatever I'm releasing is just an opportunity for your grace gift to add to it and bring distinction. Why? So it edifies the body. Man. Real teaching doesn't really get people too hyped. But it changes the lives of people. It's not something you, you want to shout over, but it is something, you know, I found that when you're really teaching the gospel as is, it's painful sometimes. 
that that's why the Holy Spirit comes and he assists to make us get this. So I'm going to keep teaching. Just give me a couple more minutes. So it's so imperative to understand the importance of the relationship and giftings. Number two. Let's go to 1 Corinthians just real quick. No, yeah, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to hit this and then we're going to move. I don't have time to get into everything. I got too much. Man. See, even right now I'm teaching. You want me to be real? I feel resistance in here. There's somebody resisting me right now. Sense it. Feel it. It happens. Um, it's not me the resistance. It's it's actually the things that they don't want to surrender. The resistance because they don't know it. My heart breaks because his way leads to life and that more abundantly. We have too many pastors trying to please people rather than free people. Give me this last point. You know, correction may feel personal, but it's not. It's corporate. Every time God heals something in us, he's healing something in the body. Let's read this, Pastor Tim. Now concerning spiritual gifts. No, let's, let's go to verse 7. We'll, we'll just do that. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. <laughs> to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing do you, do you see spirit. the distinctions? Wisdom and knowledge aren't the same thing. We're getting into the, the actual giftings of the spirit now. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same. You can be wise in an area but not, but not be knowledgeable. When the Holy Spirit leads you, you can operate in wisdom and not even know why you did what you did. You don't even know why you chose to not pick up the phone. You don't even know why you chose to pick up the phone. You don't even know why you chose to do this or that. But the Holy Spirit led you and that's wisdom. All wisdom flows from the fear of the Lord, not afraid of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the, the reverence of the Lord. Right? We submitting to the spirit. And so that's where the wisdom flows. Now watch this next part here. So he says wisdom, one knowledge. Watch this. Same spirit. Verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. There is a gift of faith. Yo. I'm not talking about faith for salvation. I'm talking about radical faith that literally, man, you are unmovable. I mean, the, the odds can be completely stacked against you and everybody calls you crazy and you're still believing. That's not just because you're just crazy. It's because you have a gift of faith. Now, that gift of faith, again, if it's not rooted in the spirit, it can be dangerous because you'll be like a pit bull that's holding on to something toxic that you can't get off of. Right? Because the gifts are the gifts. They're going to operate without repentance. They're going to operate without... How do you get psychics? Huh? And trust me, some of them be on it. They be on it. 
I'll never forget, I went to a psychic years ago. I was lost, y'all. I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. I said, what is it? Give me a card. You know, she said, I see this and I see that. I said, what does the dog mean? She said, you're the dog. I said, well, does he bite or bark? This is, it was a worth, I walked out of there feeling like I knew something. That thing about destroying my life. Golly, he about took me all the way out. <laughs> Long story short, but she was still on the money with the details of my past. She just couldn't tell me anything about my future. Because they, they don't have access to that. They're, past, they're not prophets, they're pastors or whatever you want to call it. They, they just deal with what's behind you. I don't know what the term would be. The enemy knows what you did. Come on. Watch this. Another come by faith. There is a spirit of faith. There's going to be healings manifesting here, and there's going to be people that have faith, a gift of faith. You have a relentless, undying faith to believe God. Look here. Another, the affecting of miracles. There is people that are literally called to miracles. I believe for a fact my wife is tapping into that. I believe it's there. Her, she has a desire for it. It's an, you, when Paul said desire these things earnestly, there's, I've seen throughout the years watching Pastor Shawnee. She just always comes. Every month I'm hearing something about miracles. She has a deep desire to see them. That's not there because... Of any reason, it's there because God put that there because he wants her to explore it. That's there, right? So watch this. Another distinguishing or discerning of spirits, people that can discern with a spiritual leading the location of the individual that they're around. They don't listen to what's blabbing out of their lips. They actually see something deeper. They discern spirits. Come on now. Now, we should all have access to all of these in Christ, but the beauty of God here is he is actually putting these things and distributing these things. Why? So that in order to get them, I need you. He keeps distributing and putting stuff (coughs) at a place that he is trying to get. Why? Because he's trying to get the body to work together. That is the ultimate goal here. (laughs) He's trying to get us to work together, so he's giving you something you absolutely need to get to the next place he's designed you to live in, but you can't do it without the person next to you. Another various kinds of tongues and another interpretation of tongues. Look at that. Watch this. But one and the same spirit works all these things distributing each individually just as he wills. Now, watch this. Everybody say nine gifts. I'm going to close right here. Nine gifts. This is setting up for next week, and, 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 and I'm looking forward to this. Nine gifts. Notice that three, three, and three equals what? Nine. Notice that the first three, I wrote this down. The first three are gifts that say something. The second three are gifts that know something. Come on now. The third three are gifts that do something. Say a thing, know a thing, do a thing. Say a thing, know a thing, do a thing. In the, in the world, it's know a thing, then say a thing, then do a thing. That's not how it is in the kingdom. You say a thing first. But before you ever get to know a thing. 
Declaration is the very entrance into knowing a thing. You don't believe me? Go to Isaiah. Come on now. Just watch this. Come on, swing over to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, 9. Pastor Tim, just go ahead and break it in. 42, 9. Watch this. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things before they spring forth. Before they spring forth. He said, I declare a new thing first before it springs forth. In the kingdom, come on somebody. Come on in the kingdom. Look at that. We declare it for we say a thing. Then we know a thing. Come on, then we do a thing. That's how it works in the giftings of the spirit. He's going to get you. I mean, when you are being developed, sometimes you got to recognize what God is doing. Then you got to say a thing. You got to open up your mind. I do see me operating in healing. I do see me operating in miracles. I do see me operating in faith. I do see me operating in mysteries. I do see me walking in deliverance. You say a thing and then it's the gateway that pulls you into knowing a thing. And then when you know a thing, then you do a thing. Come on, somebody. You can stand with me tonight. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Come on, say, say a thing. Know a thing. Do a thing. Now, right now, if you know any inkling about what God is doing in your life, any inkling, any understanding, any desire right now, if you're called to whatever gift it is, and you should know this if you're walking in the Spirit. You may not be mature in this, but you should know something. I dare you to open up your mouth right now and say a thing. Oh, don't get quiet now. Say a thing. Come on. I see me walking in miracles. Come on now. I, matter of fact, just get, just, get, just get radical. I am walking in miracle. I am walking in healing. I am walking in deliverance. I am walking in faith. I am walking in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I am walking with wisdom. I am walking with knowledge. I am walking with prosperity. You just let it just come out of your mouth. And as you begin to say a thing, I swear on him that you are going to know a thing. Hey, you're going to know a thing. You're going to, you may be saying a mystery, but when you say a mystery, the next step is God brings an interpreter. Come on. When you say a mystery, God brings an interpreter. Woo. My God. Maybe that's some of your problem is God can't get you to say a thing. All you've been talking about is your frustrations. I dare you to give them two minutes of saying the thing right now. Forget about anybody next to you. Just lift up your voice all over the building. Say a thing. Say a thing. Declare a thing. Shout a thing.